we are getting ready for September where some things are going to change. And so we wanted to update you on what does worship look like at FCBC in September. The good news is it's there in your program. So if you grab a program on your way in or you grab a program on your way out, or if you downloaded it and are following along online, uh, all the announcements are there for you. So you can read it, you can see it, you can keep it, but you can also hear it and perhaps even ask any questions right now. So in September, we are still worshiping outside here at Rusty's Field at 930. We invite you to come here. This will be the place where we will worship the Lord together. It will be recorded live here. If being outside bugs, unlevel ground, too much sun, doesn't work with your health, all of those issues, we are opening up the sanctuary at 9.30 for those that want to worship indoors in our sanctuary in September. So you have a choice. To worship here live with us outside or you can go inside to Faith Community Bible Church 334 North Village Road and be there at 930 and it will be streamed on the screen so you will see us out here but you'll be with other people so it'll be watching on the screen but together um, and so uh, some of our senior saints uh, we've been faithful I guess in providing with them an audio CD of the sermon and they have been encouraged. But you should have seen um, Becky Smith. You should have seen uh, Grammy Hibbard walk into the church on Tuesday. They were as giddy as a 93-year-old can get. And uh, I think they would have been, they said, oh, how awesome it is to be back in church. I mean, these girls were excited. And so it just gave us the idea of saying, you know what, let's serve these ladies and others that would like to be inside starting in September, 9.30. It'll be a live stream. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or out here. We're only going to lead you month to month just because things can change. That, that's what September will look like. One extra thing. Those of you that are just itching for more and missed the interaction in the intense Bible study, Don George, starting in September, just for four weeks. It is only a four-week Sunday school class. Don George is going to lead a Sunday school class at Faith Community at 8 a.m. So if you've kind of been missing that rhythm, one of our elders, uh, Don, will be leading us in a Bible intake, spiritual disciplines kind of class, four weeks, and uh, encourage you to consider that. You can go there from 8 to 9. You can stay there for the 9.30 service, or you can come and make it to the field by 9.30 as well. It's only for adults. We don't have an option yet for children in Sunday school. So if you wanted to go to Don's class, just please be aware. It's just for adults. Any questions? Good news is, all of this is where? In your program? You read left to right, top to bottom. You guys have been doing it for centuries. Okay, we're, we're going to figure this all out together. Any questions, give me a call this week. We also have there the youth group kickoff date, September the 13th from 5 to 8 at the church. All right. Well, again, welcome to those that are joining in. We just went through uh, our announcements, and uh, we'd love to hear from you to see if this serves you the best or anything else we can do to help encourage you in Christ. And I want to give you one more opportunity. Richard Burley, our resident evangelist, him and Diane are in the parsonage again from now until October. They come back around December. Uh, but Richard, with Chip and others, have been leading a charge with open-air campaigners to get the gospel out to basically anybody that Richard can talk to. And Amen. a great example for us, and he wanted to update you and invite you 
the rest of uh, August. Thank you, Pastor Josh, Pastor Pat, and FCBC. You know, I woke up this morning and about four o'clock, and I was I was just so excited. I was praising the Lord, and I said, "Thank you, Lord, for another day." You know, I was thanking Him, and uh, you know, we got a lot to be thankful for. And I was praising Him because I'm, I'm one day closer to glory. You know, the Lord is coming back. Amen. Amen. You know, and we need to keep looking up and keep praying. And um, as I was doing my reading this morning, the Lord had laid a couple verses on my heart as I was thinking of FCBC and what it means to Diane and I. We are so thankful for FCBC and we praise God for each and every one of you. We really do. We thank you for your prayers. We thank you for your encouraging notes and just the support that FCBC has been over the years. And these two verses that I was reading this morning came to me and, and I thought about them. I want to share them with you. Don't worry, Pastor. Uh, I'll make it short. <laughs> Usually you turn the mic over to an evangelist and you never get it back. But anyway, in Romans 1, you know, Paul was was uh, writing this letter to the Romans. And you know, he was, it tells us that he always wanted to go there. And he didn't get there until the end of his life. Things stopped him, things hindered him. And, I, and Diane and I feel, feel like that somewhat with SCBC. Because up and down the East Coast, out through the Midwest, all the way to California, and even to some foreign countries, we have been able to share the gospel, and we've always wanted to be here. And we miss you folks. We love you. We care about you. And we don't take you for granted. Uh, we truly don't. We, we really care about you. We thank you for being partners with us in this journey that God has us on. But here's these two verses in Romans 1. It's in 7 and 8. It says, Paul, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the whole world. For God whom I serve in my spirit, in the preaching of the gospel of his Son. I can tell you, all up and down the East Coast, across the United States, many have heard of FCBC, and they've heard of the the faithfulness of FCBC. And Diane and I truly thank you. And you know, it's good to be back here. And you know, we're living in a time and a season of our life where there's so much uncertainty and so much hopelessness and chaos all around us. And yet, we can look up and our hope is in Christ Jesus. Our, this is not our home. Our home is in heaven. And uh, you know, I look forward to being there with Jesus. I truly do. And, uh, but until that day comes, you know, he's laid on my heart and I made a commitment to him some 25 years ago to serve him with my whole life every day and to just share the gospel with, with as many people as I can and to equip the saints and come alongside of Pastor Josh and Pastor Pat and the leadership at FCBC and help them encourage others and share the gospel. So what we've been doing, Chip... And uh, he's been a faithful brother in Christ. He's been down to Hampton Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night with teams. And we want to welcome you to come alongside of us. We go every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We'd like to extend that because I'm telling you right now, I have not seen people so open to the gospel as right now. 
There are more conversation, one-on-one -on -one conversations about Jesus. We're giving out thousands of tracts down there each and every week. I mean thousands. You know, it's, it's incredible. Last week it was exciting to hear somebody say, man, we're almost out of tracts. And then somebody said, oh, no, we're not here. I got another thousand. Beautiful. Let's get them out. But here's the deal. Even Tabash, he came with us. Uh, it, was, it was exciting to see this little boy. You know, he offered a track to a family. And yes, there's some rejection. Make no mistake about that. And the mother said, no, I don't want that. And the father turned around. And I was so excited to see the father turn around. These were people 30 to 40 years old. And they came back up to Tabash. He says, I'll take one. And I was praising the Lord seeing that little boy just hand a track to somebody. You know, it was exciting. So, you know, you can come along uh, with us, share tracts. You can come along and even get into one-on-one -on -one conversations. The Coochie family came last week, had a couple of great conversations. I talked to them. They said, man, this is exciting. You know, and, and you know, uh, and for those that are a little bit timid and say, hey, I don't know if I can do that. You know, we have a, a young man that comes every week, probably 25 years old. And you know what he says? He goes, I, I can't talk to anybody. I'm, I'm too scared. I'm too... Well, come alongside one of us and hear how we talk to him. And, uh, and he says, well, I, you know what I do? I stand over here and I pray when I see somebody talking. And I pray for that conversation. I said, we can do nothing without prayer. The Word of God tells us that. So we want to encourage you to come out with us. We leave We leave here at 6 o'clock at the church. We can load up in my van. We got Chip's car. We we have to. We'll get a bus. But come on out with us. And it, it is exciting to share the gospel. We'd love to have you with us. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights, definitely. 6 o'clock from the church. And we'd like to get a team to go down right now, you know, every every night. We'd like to get a team to go every night because we believe right now the harvest is ripe. It's, it's, it's ready. People are scared. Keep, people are, their uncertainty is driving them to looking for answers. So come along with us and let's be the salt and light. And let's be that testimony that God wants us to be for him. It's a privilege. God bless you and thank you. If you have any questions afterwards, see me, see Chip. And uh, we've, we've give you some information on that. And uh, thank you. We appreciate you. God bless. Richard Burley, who we partnered with for uh, many years. And if you are new to our Faith Fellowship, um, we have a parsonage that's directly across the street from the church that this church has uh, been able to pay off years ago. And now we offer it to missionaries, our evangelists, uh, to live in there and uh, to be able to support that work and to give them a nice place. And so uh, thank you for investing in missionaries in a variety of ways, both financially and partnering uh, with them in the ministry opportunities like Hampton Beach. The fight is real. Uh, we know that uh, the enemy is out there strong. He's seeking to devour us. And uh, we know that uh, the consequences of sin are severe. Uh, the Bible tells us that all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. And it's because of one man's sin that death enters into the world. And so uh, we see just the, the destruction of what sin does. We also want to proclaim the victory in Christ. 
Uh, but this week, John Claude, uh, who many of us have known and the Burgers especially have ministered to, uh, he passed away Friday at Concord Hospital. And so uh, John Claude uh, is going to have uh, a memorial service. He passed away at Concord Hospital on Friday uh, due to liver cancer. And so on Friday the 14th, there is a wake from 5 to 7 at Suncook Valley uh, Highway, Epsom Funeral, Overcomers Church. And we'll get you that information via the website. I think I probably just confused you. Uh, but Overcomers Church is to Bradley Street, Concord. Also a Saturday date as well for the funeral. Funeral is at Overcomers Church. The wake is on a Friday at the funeral home. I apologize for messing those announcements up so bad. We'll get that out to you via email or see me or Bob Berger after the service. 11 o'clock on Saturday. Yes. I have given so many numbers and they are so wrong that I don't even want to confuse you again. But uh, let's be in prayer for John claudes family and uh, for those that minister to him as well as for his funeral service at Overcomers Church and the proclamation of the gospel even there. All right, let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for the urgency that we see and hear in Richard and so many others. They want to get the good news of the gospel to people. And we want to partner with your spirit and trusting you uh, to plant that seed and that we trust that your seed does its um, unfailing work. We thank you that you are a God who works uh, effectively, uh, that you work uh, in just saying and drawing people to yourself and saying, let there be light. Uh, just as you created this world, you can speak uh, light into someone's life. And we know the devil wants to blind us, wants to distract us, wants to keep us preoccupied. But we thank you that you are greater than he that is in the world. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for your victory over death. We praise you that you are our resurrected king and, uh, and Lord. And that you draw us to yourself and that we get to align ourselves not just for this life, but also for all of eternity. God, we pray that you would give us perseverance as this work that you've called us to uh, is difficult. We pray that we would link arms as a church family and exhort one another while it is called today, lest any of us be hardened to the deceitfulness of sin. We humble ourselves before you, and uh, we submit to you. We want to resist the devil, uh, claiming that he will flee us as we uh, submit uh, to you. God, we pray that we would uh, receive your word today with meekness and fear. And just remind ourselves of the blessing of having the God of the universe speak to us personally through his written word. What a privilege it is to know your heart, to know your mind, to know what you're calling us to do. And we pray that right now, before you even hear it, that, we, that our feet would be so inclined to follow, that our hands would be so inclined to serve, that our lips would be so inclined to praise you, that all this would come from a heart that wants to make Christ not only our Lord, but to proclaim his name to everyone and all the earth. We ask that we could do this with perseverance and faith. Give us courage and compassion. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Would you please stand with us as we sing? Good morning, Faith family. Good morning. 
Let your kingdom come, Lord. Amen. Help us to keep on keeping on.
copy of scripture there are uh, some bibles in the back of that table and you are free to, to take one of those home uh with you but we've been in Philippians 3 for a few weeks uh now and uh we'll step back behind the speakers a little bit uh but today we're just going through two verses Philippians 3 uh 15 and 16 and uh i'm going to just read those so uh Philippians chapter 3 uh verses 15 and 16 but those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Let's pray. Your God is... Uh, we sit, stand out here in, in this uh, in this field, uh, feeling the, the heat of the sun uh, that you've created, smelling the uh, newly mown hay, uh, um, that, again, that you caused uh, to grow. 
we give you glory that you are that you are everything you are greater than all you have created uh, Lord as you call us not just to follow you but to grow in you to grow closer to you but also to grow up uh, Lord we pray that you would mature us uh, that you would carry us through um, with the difficulties of, of discipline uh, with the uh, uh, w with the times of rest um, but that throughout that we would cling to your gospel to what we have attained uh, not resting in anything uh, we have done or any place we came from Lord we pray this all in the name of your son Jesus Amen, Amen. So um, every week we send out a uh, uh, an email it's also available on the website called prepare for Sunday Sunday gather and it is a tool that helps you prepare for Sunday as we gather and uh, usually give, it talks about the text we're going to be covering and, um, and and maybe gives you some questions to think about as you as you prepare for this after our services today um, later on today or early tomorrow morning we'll, we'll actually have another thing up on the website uh, as well as uh, going out to emails uh, that, that's the small group questions and uh, not just for formal small groups but for individuals for families for friends uh, to come together and discuss again that same text and, and, and the service and uh, what struck you about about uh, what we prayed about what we sang about what we we read in in scripture uh, and and the intent is for you to prepare through the week because here at Faith Community Bible Church, we believe, like the Apostle Paul, that the Christian life is a participatory endeavor. It's a, it's a journey, a battle. Uh, as Paul described in, in last week's verses, a race in which we are straining forward, pressing on toward the, the goal of, of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Is that wind rumble too pretty bad? Oh, I'm going to switch over to a different mic. So Christianity is not a, a spectator sport. It's it's not supposed to be something that we go to on Sundays, right? And and, and just watch and 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 then and then go home and, and forget about it. That's it. it we are not called to, uh, to come and sit and experience Christianity in the bleachers. We are called to be in the arena. Jude uses this, uh, this word in, of, of contending in his letter in which he says, Beloved, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. Paul, after saying that he forgets what lies behind and strains forward to what lies ahead, pressing on towards the goal, now urges his fellow Christ followers, those who are mature like he is or maturing, to join him in the arena. He says, let those of you who are mature think this way, talking back to forgetting what's behind, straining toward what is ahead. He says, only hold, hold true to what we have attained. To the mature believer, he is saying, be like-minded in this race. Stand with me. Strain with me. Fight with me side by side. Press upward with me. 
But he's not saying that the arena is only for those who are mature, that those who are young in the faith need to, to stay in, in the bleachers. No, to those who are young, whose faith has not yet matured, and, and those perhaps who are maturing but are still caught up in those old ways, uh, thinking about their uh, trusting in their pedigree and their performance. He says, lay hold of the gospel truth that you have received. Don't let it slip from your grasp. And I trust that God will reveal to you where your fight, your, your race, your journey is. And next week, as, as we continue in Philippians, we are going to see how God often reveals that. But for this week, and in these two verses, Paul's exhortation ought to make us ask a question. Am I a spectator or a contender? On a summer Sunday in July, uh, 150 years ago, about uh, 1861, just north of the town of Manassas in Virginia, about 25 miles west of uh, Washington, D.C., the, the Confederate and Union forces met in their first major battle of the American Civil War. As might be expected, the battlefield was filled with contenders, infantry and, and cavalry, and, and, and uh, cavalry, not cavalry, <laughs> cavalry and, and, uh, and artillery formed up in their lines and, and clashed. In the first days of this uh, terrible war, there were the contenders, the first of those who would fight, who would bleed and die over the next four years, which would become the most deadly war in our nation's history. The battle would later be called by two names. The North would call it the First Battle of Bull Run. The South would call it the Battle of Manassas. But there is a third name that was given for the battle, and it was given because of others who were there, who were there. People you would not expect to have on a battlefield. Families and individuals, mostly from the wealthy and influential groups in Washington, D.C., including some of the most powerful politicians. They packed picnics, they got in carriages, and they went the seven to eight hours out to Manassas so that they could sit on a hill and watch what they were told would be a certain victory in a short end of the war. As they ate their picnic speeches, were given, reporters took notes, some enterprising uh, young woman uh, brought pies and sold those and, and other wares as, as, as people watched the battle. And for this reason, the battle would also become derisively known as the picnic battle. It would even be a, a, a sarcastic poem written in the Boston Herald later on about it. And it seems ridiculous, but yet we know that in every conflict, whether, whether it's just a sporting event or, or a major war, a, a battle, that there are contenders and there are spectators. Now the spectators sometimes look a lot like the contenders. They wear similar clothes. In 1861, they probably carried similar firearms. I don't know if they do like pickup trucks around here, but maybe they flew flags off their carriages. Some of the spectators actually know quite a bit about the events that are going on. And sometimes they may even know even more, or at least think they do. Before, and even as the battle raged, some of these spectators presented great critiques about what the contenders should have been doing, or, or should have done, or are not doing. 
Sounds sort of like a Little League game. <laughs> some spectators that day had some basis for making some of these claims because they used to be soldiers. And some probably consoled themselves uh, against allegations of their own cowardice saying, but for the vile guns, I too would have been a soldier. Many spectators are passionate about the contest and even devote significant amounts of their treasure in time to the war effort, like these people did as they spent the money on carriages at the event. Many of them probably cheered and jeered as their champions took and lost ground on that battlefield. However, despite what they looked like, what they knew, how they critiqued, once they once did, or hoped to do, or didn't do, what they give, how passionate they are, or what they say, the spectators have no true role in that battle but to watch. Each of the spectators on that Sunday in 1861 expected that after the battle was over, they would go home, their entertainment complete, their presence noted, their speeches made, and their picnics eaten. And they would go home talking about the highlights of the contest and boasting about how they had been there to witness it. How much different is the life of a contender from that of a spectator? Three months before the battle, President Lincoln had made an impassioned plea to, to the people of the United States. He was urging people to enlist, to answer the trumpet's call. He said, all loyal citizens to favor facilitate and aid in this effort to maintain the honor, the integrity, and the existence of our National Union. He had hoped to raise an army of 75,000 volunteers to augment the small standing army of the Union. Yet in July, when this battle happened, fewer than a third of that number had enlisted. Those soldiers were farmers and lawyers, people from the town, from the countryside, old, young, from many places, in many backgrounds. The contender may appear to have much in common with the critic who, while shirking the call himself, points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. Yet the contender is the one who, in the words of our president, uh, Theodore Roosevelt said, is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. It's not the uniform, it's not the knowledge, the upbringing, the past achievements, the occupation, the age, or even the ability that makes one a contender, or it makes that person distinguishable from the spectator. It is a matter of focus and commitment that comes from hearing the challenge and rising to it. Paul's word, straining toward the goal. While the spectators are focused on the contenders in the battle, the contenders are focused on the objective, the mission, the, the prize, and their part of move, moving themselves and their comrades towards it. They are of one mind, straining forward, pressing on toward the goal. Because I can tell you from experience that when you are getting shot at, your mind rarely wanders towards what you are having for lunch later today. <laughs> that day, when the trumpets blew, the contenders clashed while the spectators watched. 
a lot like we've said about our country, where the military has gone to war and the country has gone to the mall. That focus for the contender continues after and between the battles. The contenders debrief what happened, prepare for the next engagement. They're doing marching, close order drill, weapons uh, training, plans, briefings, orders, resupplies. In what really matters, the life of a contender has very little similarity with that of the spectator. And so which one are you? 500 miles northeast of Manassas, and 150 years later, there is another field, a field in which people gather on Sunday. And while we gather here to worship God, rather than to fight against others, have no misconceptions. We are in the midst of a battle, a battle that while often ignored and perhaps invisible to us, it is not only as intense as that battle at Bull Run, it is much more consequential and deadly. For we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And just as in other times of war, we have both spectators and contenders. And so again, I ask, which one are you? From a distance, they are nearly indistinguishable. They might dress similarly, identify with the same side, know a lot about the objectives, about the orders of battle, even talk about the same things. But today, in this field, are you a spectator or a contender? Are you concerned with appearances, making sure that people know that you're here, that you look like a Christian ought to look, outwardly appearing righteous to others while within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. That's what Jesus said to some spectators in his time. Are you hiding from anything that might expose your true self? Or do you seek to confess yourself, your sins to God and each other, praying that God would clean the inside of your cup through fiery trials and necessary so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Or are you caught up in foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels about the law? So proud about your knowledge of these words that you never put them into practice. You never get into the arena, the arena. You never get to know Jesus Christ, the incarnate one that these scriptures describe. Or are you one of, of one mind with those who are mature and maturing, crying out with the psalmist who says, Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Are you still counting on or counting what lies behind, where you came from, and what you may have accomplished? Or are you of one mind with those who are mature and maturing, forgetting those things and counting them as loss? 
and laying aside every weight and sin which clings so closely so that you can run with endurance the race that is set before you. Do you come to this field expecting to be fed, entertained, enlightened? Do you seek, as I heard 